back then our collaboration was still quite loose. We had four design agencies in four different countries throughout Europe that started working together on European projects. That was the big dream, to be ahead of the curve and to start a European design initiative between major agencies in different countries. Date January 2017, episode 150. In this episode, Edo van Dijk, CEO at Eden Spiekermann, talks about the early days of Eden Spiekermann, mergers, downsizing and restarting, as well as a little bit about the European Designers Network, Eden. Maybe can you talk a little bit about the early days of Eden Spiekermann? Well, formerly speaking, Eden Speakerman only started in, on the 1st of January 2009. That's when we officially became one company after the merger between Dutch design agency Eden and German design agency Speakerman Partners. The Dutch agency Eden, where I was one of the partners and formerly one of the employees, when we merged in 2009, Eden already had a history of almost 50 years, or maybe even more than 50 years. Where Spiekermann Partners, of course, had a short history, but Eric Spiekermann and some of his employees in Spiekermann Partners had a, had a long history in meta design. And looking back at it now, you could say the basis for Eden Spiekermann, looking back at it now, at our history, our history as Eden Spiekermann didn't start in 2009. Yes, formerly it did, but I would say the the connection between our two companies, between what was formerly Eden and what was Eric Spiekermann's company in, in Berlin, started already, already in the 1980s. Eric, of course, was already traveling in the 1980s, doing his lectures and talks on different stages around the globe. And uh, one of his, the, the places where he loved to come was Amsterdam. Also because we, in Amsterdam, we had, in the Netherlands, we had a number of large design agencies that were, were working for the government, that were doing relevant things in design of, of the, the public environment and the public sector. And the former company, one of the companies that founded Eden, called BRS Prems La Funk, was one of those companies. And Eric used to, yeah, just used to visit back then. And he also visited Total Design and some other agencies. So, and he knew a lot of people already in the 1980s. I first met Eric in 1987 when he was, when he was one of the speakers at a large international conference in the Rye in Amsterdam called Design 87. And he had this talk, which his, the title of his talk was Sex and Type and Rock and Roll. And uh, that was so evocative, apparently, that he drew more than 900 people. So the room was full. Uh, there were adjacent rooms with other speakers and other talks, but he drew by far the most people in my memory. And he started off his talk with saying, thank you all for coming. I'm, today I'm not going to talk about sex. I'm not talking, going to talk about rock and roll. Well, maybe a little bit, but fortunately you're all here and the title did its work. So, and then he, the rest of his talk, of course, was about as he can, like no one else, he talked about type. And um, for me, that was so such an interesting insight into like, as a typomaniac and a guy who creates type and uses pre predominantly type in his work. 
he was also a really good marketer. He, he understood how to get his message across. So from then on, I, I really started following him and his, his work, etc. A few weeks later, I started with BRS Premsel Funk as a junior designer. And over the, the years after that, I was fortunate enough to meet Eric a few times when he was visiting our office. In 1990, when we started our first collaboration between offices, I, I traveled to Berlin as well. Back then, our collaboration was still quite loose. We had four design agencies in four different countries throughout Europe that started working together on European projects. That was the big dream, to be ahead of the curve and to start a European design initiative between major agencies in different countries because we were afraid that working for local governments and local companies uh, over time would not be sufficient enough. The big new world was Europe and it had everything to do with opening of the economic European borders in 1992. But of course, if you look back 1992, we didn't have the internet yet. The very first personal computers were just coming on the market. Apple was not that important yet, not at all, etc. So it was only just starting to happen. And we were indeed a little bit too much ahead of the curve. So it didn't take off the way we had hoped. And by 1995, Meta Design and Eric had a slightly different view on the world and on where they could expand with design and with their agency. So they stepped out of the cooperation, which back then was called Eden, European Designers Network. But Eric was one of the founders of that original Eden in uh, 1989, together with the former partners of my company. I was not one of the partners back then, but just an employee, and some of the partners of the other agencies in Copenhagen and in Milan. They founded the original Eden. So the name Eden stuck with us. Eric and Meta Design went their own way. They started company or offices in, in London and in San Francisco, and we drifted apart a little bit. But we came back together in 2005, I would say. I mean, we never really lost sight of each other, but we had different lives and different careers, etc., as companies as well as individuals. I had become one of the partners of the company. In 2004, I also became part of the management team of what was then in the Netherlands called Eden. And in 2005, I remember that in the management team, together with the former managing partner of the company, Willem Boudenberg, we started a search again internationally for kindred spirits with whom we could form a new European design group. We looked in Spain, we looked in Italy, we looked in Germany, especially in Germany and in England. We had some really interesting conversations in that process. And in the end, we ended up with Eric and Eric saying, listen, I've always admired the way you've structured and organized your company, how you've became a, become a big company without selling your soul to a, a, a faceless network. He was very adamant about that back then, that he didn't want that, but he, did, he was looking for a future for his new company that had, had only just started and was growing rapidly with clients like Bosch and the, the Berliner Philharmoniker and some other really good clients, the Deutsche Bahn, etc. So, you know, after he left Meta Design, or basically was kicked out of Meta Design in a very unfortunate way, you can read all about that in his book. It's a recent book by uh, Johannes Erler. It's all uh, documented very well in that book, how that happened. He started on his own, first with a number of freelancers, talking about 2002, 2003 now. So in 2005, he was already above 10, 12 people, and uh, he was doing very well. So he was looking for a way to, on the one hand, give employees in his company the possibility to become shareholder, 
And on the other way, uh, on the other side, he also was looking for a way to be able to sell his shares over time for a good price. And we found together a way to merge our companies uh, to solve both those questions for him. At least that was the idea back in 2008. And uh, so we brought our two companies together. We formed one new company and that's officially started as Eden Speakerman in 2009. Unfortunately, beginning of 2009, the world around us had changed profoundly, especially economically. The, the, the credit crunch in the United States had just had the last quarter of 2008 had hit really hard. Up until the end of 2008, we didn't feel anything of the, those problems in our business in the Netherlands nor in Germany. So we were very much focused on our internal processes and we came to the conclusion a little bit too late, also in hindsight, that we really had, were facing some serious problems. So in the, in the course of 2009, we had to, uh, to drastically change our course, both in the Netherlands and in Germany. But in the Netherlands, the, our problems were a lot bigger, partly maybe also because we were a much bigger company back then. We were about 65, 70 people, which back then was the size that our Berlin office is today. Well, simply said, we, we couldn't solve those problems without some drastic uh, measures. And uh, we really had to say goodbye to the past and restart our business. And we literally restarted our business in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands in 2010. And uh, with a much smaller team and with less partners and shareholders, I was one of those people that started, uh, restarted the business in the Netherlands in 2010. And we continued our, our journey together as Eden Speakman, unfortunately. And our German colleagues has, have helped us tremendously in that process to quickly recover from, from those difficult times. So today, uh, we're a very healthy company. And um, yeah, we're, we're very proud of the fact that we've managed to come through. And uh, where we are today is, is truly at the, the start of an international, a new international, a much more global Eden Speaker Month. It sounds like that San Francisco and now Singapore is an extension to this old Eden idea. Yeah, well, it's, it's especially Los Angeles now. San Francisco is a small office. It's basically just Eric and, and his wife, Susanna, working out of their second home in San Francisco. But since San Francisco and Silicon Valley is such a, a rich source of contacts and of potential clients, we have worked for various clients in the past years in the, in the Valley. So we keep San Francisco as, as an office listed simply because of that uh, proximity. Looking at the world from San Francisco, it's important that you have a foot on the ground in San Francisco. Los Angeles is too far away, which is strange looking at it from our perspective, but that's the way it is. So you mentioned that uh, you were ahead of the curve. Was it an advantage that paid off later, being ahead of the curve? Mm, I don't know whether it was an advantage. It was, it was certainly when we restarted our international growth in 2005, we had the experience of the decade before and um, both Willem and I and also many of the other partners in our Amsterdam office had gone through that process of the early 1990s, not always as drivers of the process because those were our predecessors, but we certainly saw what happened, what worked, what didn't work. So we were not completely uh, a blank leaf in that sense when we restarted that journey in 2005. What we also had, of course, was the experience with Eric and knowing Eric and how he is and what was important for him was very relevant in the next steps and making this cross-border merger. This was the first true cross-border merger between 
the Netherlands and Germany in the design field, I think, as far as I know, at least of larger design agencies. Other design agencies that have gone before have done it in a different way, not with a, a fairly equal merger like we did. And mergers are always difficult because uh, you can have a clash of culture uh, and very often that is also the driver of, in the end, one of the merging parties being completely diminished to, to nothing or leaving the company and in the end the stronger or the strongest culture and the economically most viable culture survives. In our case, up until today, I truly have to say that we both were equal partners as originating companies and that has a lot to do with the fact that we had a lot of shared culture already from the late 1980s and early 1990s. So in hindsight, certainly that was beneficial to, uh, to our success today.